it's time to gather around the bonfire once again here at Fightling Podcast, where we discuss all your favorite media like games, movies, anime, comics, and more. From New York, I'm Larry, and coming all the way from Connecticut is my good friend Sam. Today's episode, we're going to jump back to the 90s world of gaming with the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Now, the Super Nintendo originally released in North America on August 23, 1991, originally retailing at $199 US dollars, which today is estimated at $366 US dollars. Originally, I had never had a Super Nintendo Entertainment System as I was born later in the 90s and 1997, so I never really had any on-hand experience with the NES and the SNES during their current heyday. I was always educated on what they were as some of my favorite YouTubers are people who indulge in retro games, so when I was finally given the chance through the SNES Classic to really be able to hook up to a modern-day television and, and get a new Super Nintendo Entertainment system controller it was the closest that I could really get back to when it came to putting myself in in that time period now Sam I know you definitely have had a different experience than me growing up when it comes to to uh Nintendo Entertainment System and especially the Super Nintendo Entertainment System yeah I was essentially born with like an NES controller in my hand (laughs) so you know uh specifically for Super Nintendo because you know we we could talk about the Nintendo Entertainment System another time. You know, I grew up with the Super Nintendo being like around me. Um, My friends had it and they would often play it and we would have like sleepovers. We would play uh, Donkey Kong Country and Super Mario World until I would pass out (laughs) with the controller in my hand. Super Mario World, uh, it was a launch title for the system. That always stuck out to me with it being uh, part of the box to the system being like the pack-in because you would see the system and you were already excited but to see the mario game and this is a trend nintendo followed you know many times since then uh, having a mario game be like the kickoff nowadays it's more like they switched to zelda but anyways mario world always felt really special you know and even though i had uh super mario brothers one two and three on the nes seeing uh mario world's graphics with the super nintendo controller which is vastly superior to the NES controller, I'd say. The music was instantly memorable. The gameplay was superb. Everything was very smooth and vibrant. And it's also music that still finds its way in the current Mario titles today. Yeah. <laughs> like like it's stuck. So Super Super Mario All-Stars was, a, was another game that came out a little later on the system. And it was like a packed game full of the NES Mario games, 1, 2, 3, and Lost Levels, which is the Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2, which we never got over here because they thought it would be too hard for us on the NES, which I'm pretty sure is accurate. That game's really hard. Although nowadays... There's a poison mushroom. <laughs> they start off with the poison mushroom. It's right there. <laughs> they st- they start off with it. Just to show you what kind of game you're getting yourself into this time. You're like, oh, you thought you were good at Mario, huh? You beat Mario 1. You you thought you were a master, huh? Well, oh, you know the mushrooms in the beginning. You you think you're so smart. Why don't you touch it then? <laughs> it's just like... so like that game um that game really appealed to me the cover art for it really grabbed me it had mario in like i want to say like like a magician's outfit um he had i think he even had a wand so it's just you know and and he had the top hat with all the games coming out of it i believe and it's like you know even to this day i think about that 
and the whole motif of all stars being like a stage play or a theatrical show you engage in or even like a magic act um because it's kind of a magic act to have those games on super nintendo remastered in in a way because i don't really think remastering games was a concept other than bringing arcade games to console you know not everyone was aware of that at the time certainly kids probably didn't think about it and i didn't think about it so i was just like wow like these games are re-released but they look way better look at the graphics you know right right and that game all stars even came out on wii they released it like a special collector's edition of it where it had like a red box and they even charged a decent amount for it for what they're actually worth um today is a little i'd say less but you know, Nintendo, they charge what they charge. Zelda, A Link to the Past, probably my favorite Zelda, uh, although it switches all the time. I played it at my cousin's house, and I would always want to only play that game over there when Super Nintendo was in its heyday. And we used to have sleepovers there too, but he also had his friends over. And one of his friends would always stay up late hogging the Super Nintendo playing the spawn game it was like a beat em up uh spawn video game and you know i like spawn he's pretty badass he's like a great character and that game is pretty cool too like it, it's got a lot going for it i like it i've played it yeah there's even like secret hidden moves and stuff that, uh, that you aren't exactly aware of at first but it's like there's some depth to it but anyways it got in the way of me playing a link to the past so i hate that game <laughs> you have like this personal subconscious hatred towards it yeah i think about it all the time because imagine like you're trying to play a link to the past like the zelda game like at that point in time in my life i had only played zelda one and two and seeing three which is heralded as especially back then there was no ocarina of time to be like wow the greatest zelda of all time like, which one do you like more? It was like, clearly this one was the bomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Comparatively, just looking at one or two, looking at A Link to the Past, it's like, nah, this this is the one. Like, this is the one you want to play when it comes to, like, any bit version of Zelda. Also, I remember the strategy guide for A Link to the Past. It was very well written and laid out to the point where, like, I mean, this was a common thing for Nintendo, but there was appeal to those strategy guides, like... You didn't have really the internet to look up stuff, so that was your go-to if you wanted to learn how to beat a game or get better or find secrets or or anything like that. So obviously, as a kid, you you, you don't have the cognitive ability to really like fully break a game and master it. Did you did you have the power? Did you have the Nintendo power? Yeah, I had the I had Nintendo power. Uh, because my dad had Nintendo Power from the NES days, and he just kept the subscription going for a long time. Nice. All the way up through, I believe, GameCube. Eventually it stopped, but I still have all those Nintendo Powers, and obviously they're really cool to read for the, the Super Nintendo, you know, like the tips and stuff. I mean, NES too, but seeing anything upcoming. But also I really like the comics. They had like th- these little comics for super mario world and zelda which i actually have uh today in like a graphic novel form of just those comics but like they're put in a book that's just like much bigger than they were in the comics it's it's an easier read i'd say they're like all together they're collected because i remember having to to get all the nintendo powers together and like to read each issue in order of like the mario world or zelda 
comic and I'd, I'd be like missing one sometimes and I'd have to find it. Cause I was like, man, I was like, I gotta know what happens. <laughs> like, I, I want to know, but now I just have convenient books that have it all nice, nice and uh, put together. But that was a, a really cool thing to do back then to have some kind of source of information to help you master these games or even learn a little bit about it. There was also cheat codes in the form of a game genie where you would have a game genie book which had the the cheat codes in it and you would enter it. You would put the game genie cartridge in and then put the game into the game. It was like uh, it connected to it. Um, Sega had something similar. NES had it as well. And then, you know, it eventually moved to Game Shark. It's a different company, I think. And Action Replay as well. But that's, you know, going beyond the scope. Anyways, you would use the book to see whatever game you wanted to see and choose the codes you wanted to to have and you could even write your own little notes and stuff because you you could make your own codes um if you experimented um it was only changing pieces of data within the games so if you were smart enough or just got lucky playing around you could discover what was affected by messing with the different uh combinations of letters and numbers um, so, you know, that's a little something. <laughs> One of the things I'll ask you about is what, what did you think about, you've played some of the games on the SNES Classic. What do you think about in terms of like comparing them to today or today's video games? What do you think about the difficulty of those games? Oh man. See, that was a thing where I kind of went into a bunch of those games and you immediately see that, I mean, at least me personally, because I've never like really played them before you know, instead of, like, maybe on the computer or something, like, to actually have a, a SNES controller and sit down and play the, the SNES, I kind of realized how different these these games can be. And in terms of difficulty is one of the biggest ways that uh, they're different. Um, they're not really hard. I think the the better word to go for is challenging. They're more challenging because if you die, like there's certain games that you play and it's like if you die, it's really not that big of a deal. Like you don't lose anything. A lot of times when I was playing A Link to the Past, I kept, <laughs> I'll definitely admit that I was dying a lot immediately because I was like not used to not diagonal movement. And I was trying to, you know, I was trying to get the controls down. I was trying to be like, okay, this is a game. I play games. I can figure this out. And I think I think also the way that game is built, where it's kind of like the beginning is sort of the tutorial really helped me out anyway. So the basic mechanic of the game sort of teaching you how to play it without actually saying anything kind of worked out really well. Um, but I still found it challenging, like be because here was the thing I in most of these games, I know what I have to do. It's not like a what the fuck do I do or where do I go game? It's more of a how do I like. Like, I see what I have to do. I just don't have the skill to pull it off yet. So when you beat a dungeon or you beat something that you've kind of been at for a while, it feels like, oh, like, finally, like, I did it. Like, I, I must have tried. I must have tried um the one boss. I forgot his name. He's like, what was he like? The caterpillar boss or whatever. You have to hit his tail. You would remember the name more than I would. What was his name? His name was Moldorm. Moldorn? Moldorn? Moldorm. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I must have died to him like so many times and it wasn't cuz I I didn't know what to do. Like that's never the problem. It's because I just couldn't pull it off. And it was like 
So, I mean, to my disposal, I can, you know, uh, YouTube it and see how somebody else did it. Like you were talking about the strategy guides, but I was able to YouTube it and kind of see how people were doing it. And um, still, I kept dying. <laughs> I still couldn't like pull it off. And finally, when I did do it, I was like, yes. So it was like, I never have to go back there again. Um, I do. Uh, <laughs> but for the time being, I was like really excited about it. And it's kind of like a lot of games, they're, they're, it's not like games aren't hard anymore. I think it's just different where it's like, oh, that, that game was really hard. I couldn't figure out what to do. Oh, this is the best method to kill the boss. You should do it this way. There's so many options. It was kind of a different feeling to go into something and then be like, this is the only option and you have to pull it off. There's kind of no like way around it because my literally my first instinct was okay there's got to be like something I'm missing here like the he can't literally just be wiggling around randomly and then that's the boss and it's like no yeah that was it and and even even the boss after that where you kind of you gotta I, maybe it wasn't after that I can't remember I put a couple hours in this game already but the boss where you have to like uh use the hammer and break away his mask that's the, yeah that's in the dark world that's the first dungeon of the dark world yeah i could dude i couldn't i kept hitting him with my sword because i hit him a couple times with the mask um in in the mask with the hammer and i was like oh he's making a noise but nothing's happening but then i wound up it's like you gotta do it like 10 times <laughs> you know i'm still in like the mind frame where it's like oh three three and done you know because that's what that's what zelda has become it really doesn't have that challenge to it anymore once you figure out what to do even if you can't pull it off that much if you do it at least three times you're good but in this game it's like i'm like when does he die like i i kept doing it i was confused and i was like huh like i've been kind of conditioned lately with modern gaming to be like this is this is how it goes and you know there's easier ways to do things and there's harder ways to do things and Part of the challenge is doing it the way that it's intended to be done. And I think it's not a bad thing to stray from that, but I just think it's cool to go back to a time where it's like most games were like that. And it's kind of, but but I think Zelda pulls it off in the best way because I think you, they kind of do it in a way where you learn the game and then you kind of start to beat it the better you get at it and the, the faster you can figure it out. Some games just aren't built well enough to be figured out, but that game, I think, is a perfect example of how that system of difficulty used to work. I think few games do it now. I think Dark Souls is probably the only game recently that's nailed it. Is you got like you learn the game by playing the game, and that's the only way to do it. And then the more you play the game, the better you get at the game. It's very rare that you ask someone like, "Oh, how do I play this game now?" And it's like, "Oh, the best way and the fastest way and this, that, and the other thing." It's like. Very rarely you hear just just play the game. Just if you play, you get better. Like you just have to do it. It's so rare. There's always a skip around. There's always something now, and it's kind of like in that era, at least at least of Super Nintendo, and and even further on. I think it goes a little further than that, where it's kind of like okay, this is what you get. You have to play this game the way it's intended. And I really like that. That's been probably my favorite part about playing these games is kind of seeing what someone else built and exploring it the way they want me to see it. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I definitely rambled on, but that's because I feel like it's so hard for me to say it in, in one sentence. Like, it's such a, it's such an experience thing, I think. Yeah, you know, I really appreciate that uh, you said what you said because of what I have to add to what you said was I really like that you approached it in the way that you are kind of putting your mindset or mind frame going into it as though you were playing it for the first time because one you are but also oh 100 percent. you're you're approaching it from a, a place of where like you don't you haven't looked everything up you haven't watched you know all the gameplay it's all fresh and new you have that learning experience and something that's special about i would say super nintendo but specifically like a mario game or a zelda game is having that first time experience something with uh super mario world or um, a link to the past, you, you really only get that that experience the first time, you know. Right. You know, you could say that's like Dark Souls as well, but you could say that's like any game that's a masterpiece or, or you know, like worth playing or that you would go back to time and time again. And I was going to say, uh, you were saying like you play the game and the way the developer intended and you know you're getting this nice experience out of it and you're understanding why they do things the way they do and and how it used to be a little more challenging and when you overcome that it's like yeah you know like you really get into it you feel it you feel right. the music that plays the little chime that they uh -huh. spend so much time you get the the pendant or the item it feels like it it means more at times you know cuz you have to work for it more <laughs> but it was entertaining yeah you really do you really do Dude, when I when I went through um when I went through that first Dark World castle, I I had struggled enough, and I don't I don't believe we talked about it very much uh recently. I've been kind of saving saving for our lovely cast viewers for some genuine conversation. I was going through that, and I was like going through it, like I was ripping through that dungeon, and that's where I finally felt like I figured it out. You know what I mean? Like usually I I pick up games pretty quick, but you know. A game like that, it I stumbled. <laughs> I stumbled a lot trying to get started in that game. But once I got to that dungeon, I was like, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, I got all my fucking hearts. I'm shooting beams and shit. My shield's upgraded. You know, I felt like ready to go, you know? And it was cool to like go in and it's like, okay, there's this dark world now. But I'm like destroying it. You know what I mean? And, and that's something I don't think Zelda has lost, except for... Breath of the Wild probably is just that the game gets easier the more you figure it out. And that's something I think Zelda's kind of been able to hold on to. But I think they lost it in some. I think Skyward Sword, they dropped the ball a bit on that. And I think Breath of the Wild, it just doesn't exist <laughs> at all. <laughs> so I was going to say, uh, if you were to break down A Link to the Past and your experience with uh, the Dark World, I would say one of the interesting things that, you know, from my experience looking at yours you know i've had i've beaten that game a lot <laughs> uh, i've played it a lot i've seen it a lot i've seen others play it i've had the experience of seeing it speed run i've seen the game completely broken um, i've seen all the things you can do with it, the secrets and also the fact that the way that you're doing it and and what you're saying about having stumbled i would say that you're you're playing it perfectly because the first three dungeons of that game to get the pendants and then finally get the master sword is essentially a coming of age uh, or tutorial or like 
you know, a test of do you understand the game's mechanics? And here's a little power boost for for like overcoming these challenges we set out for you. And then you sort of get dropped in the dark world and this whole, you know, other experience is opened up to you where things are supposed to be more difficult and you're supposed to be like facing enemies and dungeons that are far more challenging. And I would say that you having ripped through the first dungeon of the dark world is an example of doing it correctly. You know, like you're doing it right. You completed that quote unquote tutorial and now you're in the game. Now you're ready. Like you have enough hearts. You understand the mechanics. You got, you know, you have some nice upgrades. Stocking up on my fairies. Yeah, you understand how to stay alive a little bit more. Whereas in the beginning, you you not only have limited uh, hearts, but you also have limited items, power, even knowledge of where you're going, what you're doing, how to combat enemies, or even how to interact with your items. The only thing you really get is like, the boomerang and it's it's quite useful you know for stunning an enemy for a sec it doesn't work for every enemy you know yeah and once you start exploring a bit more and 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 getting through those initial dungeons and boosting yourself you get thrown in the dark world you feel ready you feel like you're you know in in a newer zelda game that's when you also would have gotten like the green tunic and stuff you know although you start out with it in that game you know what i mean you know, where like Link's like ready. Yeah, they they make you work for it now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they just gave it to you in those games, but nowadays. Oh, fuck Breath of the Wild for the way they make you get it. Oh yeah, well, all it, they they Mario sixty four you on that where you have to be all one hundred twenty shrines and I know, and then you get it. Um, I mean, I did it, but <laughs> anywho, <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I I'm excited to to see your journey through. A link to the past, and I hope we could do even casts on what you feel upon like even getting further in the game or even upon its completion. Because I gotta say, like playing through that game, even as much as I have, whenever I play it, and when I think about even the lore of the series, timeline stuff, or just the experience itself, at the end, I always feel really elated. Like that could be said about most Zelda games at the credits, you feel really good about the whole experience you had but for some reason the whole journey yeah yeah that one it's really special you know like i could say most zelda games are that way but that one i don't know that one really sticks to me and that's where there are such debates are like what's better a link to the past or ocarina or what is your preferred game and it's like they're all amazing and they're different formats you know like one's 2d one's 3d but anyways Moving past, like, A Link to the Past specifically, uh, I mean, you could talk about it in in the context of what I'm going to bring up, but what did you think about Super Nintendo's, like, graphics? You know, like, its look. That's the thing I think a lot of people, I'd say, I mean, I shouldn't speak for everyone my age. I mean, I'm about to be 22 next month. Uh, Next month, I'm sorry. (laughs) Next week. Jeez, (laughs) it came came up to me quick. Um, Snuck up on you. Yeah, I'm going to be 22 next week, and uh, I don't know anyone who plays any of these games or has a SNES or anything like that. I have an NES, and I have to fix it because the um the video something broke i i watched the video on how to fix it i can do it i only have like three games i only got it because i saw it in uh one of those uh like retro shops and i was just like i need i don't know why i don't have this even if i just 
friggin' just let it sit somewhere and get dust just so people can see it, <laughs> you know, just because I love Nintendo and I want their stuff. With the, when it comes to the graphics, most TVs, you can't, you can't just plug in standard cables into, like, like I have a 4K TV. You can't just plug those standard cables in and expect it to just upscale and look amazing in fact actually most people probably know it just makes it look worse you know unless you have a <laughs> crt tv just chilling or sitting around but even so i think it it would still look better the way it does on snes classic because having it my screen like i know i'm playing with like the best screen possible this is the best i can get out of this system the games are gorgeous like I feel like you know playing it this way you're playing it the optimum way that they want this game to look without actually changing the graphics themselves like or the sprites themselves you know it's not it's not remastering a game you know it's just cleaning a game that's the best way I would put it you know polishing it you know nothing else about it has changed you can just see it clear the colors or what they should be a hundred percent with that being said games like Donkey Kong are like to me, those are just technical achievements. And even how you explained to me how they did it, it just confirmed how I originally... I was like, oh, this has to be some sort of insane, like, crazy thing that they did to make these graphics. But even Super Mario World, I think that's, like, one of the best-looking games I've ever seen in my life, to be honest with you. Like, I don't know what it is about the color scheme. And I was playing Super Mario 3 not too long ago, because that was, like, kind of my go-to one. I had never played Super Mario World. This game is 100% new to me. And but I had played three multiple times. You know, I'm pre I'm pretty familiar with that game. You know, it doesn't keep me on it for hours or nothing. But damn, I booted up Super Mario World and I just have been grinding it like crazy. I, I mean, I get stuck on a lot of levels, but once I learn them and then I go back, cause um, I go back and play them again and I just I beat them like immediately and. I feel like I'm getting better at that game. The more that game definitely gets harder as you play it. It is not like Link to the Past. It doesn't get easier as you play. It gets harder. Yeah. And I love it because I'm once I beat a world and I go back and I'm like, oh, it's all completed. I'm so satisfied, like seeing all the blinking lights and being like, this is totally done. I did this 100%. And then knowing still I haven't gotten all the secret passages, like I can't wait to go back and do that. Like I don't want a reason. I need reasons to keep playing the game because it's so gorgeous and it looks so amazing and I love the colors. And I was watching people play Mario Maker on YouTube not too long ago. I saw some some gameplay of, uh, you know, how people just play, like, the random levels online and try to beat them. Yeah. And they were, they were all different kinds. It was, like, Super Mario 1, New Mario Bros., and then they got to, like, a Super Mario World design level, and I was like, yeah, that's my shit. I was like, that's what I like to see, those colors, that that Mario. I like to see that Yoshi, like, that just looks so nice. Like, to me, if you gave me, like, new Super Mario Bros, or, you know, like, quote-unquote, the best graphical update that they've had, the most recent, the most modern, I would take Mario World any day over that look it's just to me the new look i don't even finish those games because i think they just they bore me after a while you know that that they they kind of lost touch with the amazing things that they've done i think you know we've discussed this recently and i i definitely agree with you because this was your original point they kind of they kind of lost it a bit like they're still great games but they're not like 
legendary. Like, people aren't like, what's the best platform of all time? New Super Mario Bros. Wii. Like, no, nobody's, like, saying that. I will definitely say Super Mario World is one of the best. It's probably my favorite 2D platformer ever. And definitely Mario 2D platformer. I don't know why it's so fun. It's so simple, but it's just so fun to play. The level design is just amazing. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's, yeah, that's... in. In a nutshell, that's my in sum. I could go longer. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, it's a, it's a master class in, in game design. And you could say that for a lot of uh, Nintendo's original titles. It's, it's kind of similar to looking at like Disney's earlier works and seeing how they pioneered, you know, the way. Um, but they themselves have to follow the way <laughs> later on in time. And for Nintendo... Um, they certainly have a lot going for them that is technically correct and it is looking gorgeous and playing like very polished and the gameplay is still fun. The music is still good. There's some magical element um, that is missing. I'd say some some music, even in modern Zeldas, have gotten better. Yeah. Not looking at Breath of the Wild. No, except I really <laughs> like the music for the trailer for Breath of the Wild, but that music wasn't in the game. Yeah. So that, I mean, I really got into that. Like, I felt that. <laughs> Anywho, with Mario World, I, I wanted to bring up the fact that the title, Super Mario World, uh, really lives up to it. And a lot of, uh, I don't know if that's cliche or whatever, but a lot of things that live up to the title of what the thing is, you know? You know, A Link to the Past says kind of what it is, but like, it to me, it's just a cool sounding title. Because it's Link. Yeah, exactly. It's a pun. Um, but like Mario World really drives home that it is a like a world you want to inhabit, a, an interesting world. Specifically, it's not like the Mushroom Kingdom necessarily. It's Dinosaur Land, which is, I guess you couldn't say that was really established back then, except if you watched like cartoons or something, like the Mario cartoons. You know, you knew that at least the first Mario game was in the Mushroom Kingdom. You knew what that looked like. And Mario World on Dinosaur Land is different. Uh, even the question blocks are different. The bricks or whatever, they're different. The look of the game, the enemies are also different. Yeah, they do have Koopas, but like even the Goombas are different. And what's cool is with a game like uh, Super Mario 3D World, those same Goombas make an appearance. And that's something I take note. And I'm like, oh, like you brought them back. Like, that's really cool. Like, good thing that you distinguish the fact that these enemies they're like separate yeah they're separate and you have pretty much ignored them <laughs> for all this time until now which is what they do you know for the longest time even the mario 3 raccoon tail wasn't in anything that that was not an item anymore that was not a power up that that mario games used now it's like back full force oh yeah they they had its uh its comeback its resurgence it's already gone through the paces and i think now it's like chilling again like it's it's not there at the moment with mario world it's a place that for instance i have a poster of like the art for the game and every time i look at it i think about that's what the game is like it encapsulates the concept art or even you know the art that's put out on the on a poster or the game box or you know anything you would see it's like yeah like that's that's what it is something else that comes to mind is mario 64 
When I see the Mario 64 with Mario. Ooh, now that's that's my time. When you see the, you know, the earth or or not the earth, but, you know, the world in, Mar- in the art for Mario 64. When you see New York in <laughs> Mario 64. <laughs> yeah. When you see Mario with the wing cap and everything that goes along with it, there's just something like ma- magic about that. Like it says a lot. It speaks a lot to the, what you're about to get into but even that and even the mario world stuff it doesn't exactly it gives you good vibes but it doesn't really tell you what kind of time you're gonna have which i would say is better than simply looking at a picture of course but what's in mario world like right off the bat you're going into yoshi's house or whatever and he's not what's in that secret sauce (laughs) he's like yoshi isn't there and you got to go out and then, you, you know, you find him and then you realize Yoshi's in the game. Like this guy, this new guy, he wasn't there before. You know, now you have a, a dinosaur you can ride on, you know, and he's got the ability to eat things and eat food and give you one ups or he has all these powers and different colors. And I don't know, man, it's really cool. <laughs> and they have the little the little touches like him being able to be left outside of like a ghost house or something. You don't really think about it as a kid. You just kind of accept it. But now we can kind of look at it and be like, wait, he's like, what is he scared? Does he just not want his friend to go inside because it's too dangerous? That's how I look at it. No, yeah. And even in the um the comics, I think that's why Yoshi was scared of uh going inside. Surprisingly, Luigi goes inside all the scary places. Um, but you know. <laughs> I mean, it's probably most likely that they just wanted the level to be harder for you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Te- technically, that's probably why. <laughs> but to add that to it makes me feel a little better. Yeah, there's there's usually like a real reason, but then they kind of try to make their own little reason. And that, you know, that says that they were trying to it's like the, the end users, you know, what we're getting is a little something special. Like they could have just had it be like. No, right. Like, <laughs> and they did, but it's in it's in like a cute little way, you know. Like, there's always that opening cutscene of him walking up to the, the ghost house or whatever, or the fortress, I guess. And then it's just like, oh, you know, like, oh man, like, okay, buddy, I'll see you later. And then when you're done, like, you still have him, and you're like going around the overworld with him. That game, that game's packed. You know, that game's packed with secrets. Like, it's something that even years later, I went back to and found new things. And I remember, like, calling up my friends. And I was like, I have to come over and show you this. And they they really didn't believe me. They were like, (laughs) there's no way there's, like, something we haven't seen. I'm like, no, you don't understand. Like, this this is really cool. I would say, like, overall, going back to what you were saying about the difficulty of games back then. You know, I'll touch on graphics, too, what I thought of it and whatnot. But, like, I really agreed with what you said, you know, overall. I mean, you hit it on the head. Like, the developers of those games at the time, like, really seemed to directly challenge the players. But they also taught you its mechanics at the same time. Mega Man X is a classic example. It's been brought up on the internet before. Yeah, I've seen it. It's like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So the first level, like, teaches you everything you need to know about the game. So it's like, that's one example but 
I could say the same thing about most Super Nintendo games that are on the the SNES Classic. Pretty sure most every game on there is like solid in that regard. You know, it's it's making it fair. If you didn't win at first, like it's okay. You know, you don't fully understand the mechanics or what the game has to offer, but then when you do get a grasp of it and you kind of get better at it, you you're rewarded for your mastery you know, and exploring and uncovering secrets. There's always something there for you. It's never like, I feel often today, things are just kind of Easter eggs. Like that's the secret. And it's like either like a meme or like some some pop culture reference. But you don't like get anything really out of it except for, ha. Ah, yeah. Like a, like a, you know, like a, like a, like that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Some air that <laughs> comes out of your nose. <laughs> and you, you might smirk a little, but then you're moving on. And then I'm thinking, I will actually want something that benefits me or that's cool. For instance, Mega Man X again, you actually get the Hadouken. It's really hidden well, but you could do friggin' Ryu's moves in the game and like one shot bosses. Like that that's actually a secret that takes a lot to uncover and, and even execute, even if you know how to get it. But then you're getting like like a Street Fighter move, you know, like that's something that's worth it. Like <laughs> you want that shit. Like that's awesome. Anywho, it's just something that I miss a lot in modern games overall. Like Super Nintendo is packed, you know, even even years later, like I was saying, the Mario World thing, you haven't seen it yet, but it's like it's something called this isn't really spoiling too much for you but it's like something called the special world which upon beating the game like the entire game will change cosmetically and include uh you know some enemies that uh well it's the same enemies but they get like a different look giving it more like a halloween or autumn theme and that's the thing that's mind blowing like that's the deepest secret of the game really besides you know like how do you how do you circumvent the game and speed run it and <laughs> totally break it? But to me, that's why I was saying I appreciate the way you're going about it. I actually wouldn't appreciate if you looked up, like, how do you destroy A Link to the Past or Mario World and, like, do these things where, like, you're not really going through the game. Because it's like to me, it's like you do that after you beat the game. Right. Maybe even after you beat it a few times. I guess you could say playing it casually is is the way. There's a difference to me, a whole big difference in, in running a game fast and then like really experiencing this product and this game that, that, you know, was intended to be played and experienced a certain way. And there's really a genius behind it that that is there to be enjoyed, I feel. And, and just, I feel like you'd be missing out on a lot if you were just trying to skip through these games. It's like, what's the hurry? What's the rush? You know, like I said, you could do that afterwards to your heart's content. But I re I'm just commending you, like <laughs> straight up. Like it's really cool. It's really like it's not like you have to experience the same things I do because you'll have your own entirely different playthrough. Oh yeah, I can Google stuff. But um, you know, because there's no way your playthrough is going to be the same as mine when I was a child. Nah. Like I was I was a dumb kid, you know what I mean? Like what did I know? It was stupid. I just like played around in that world and used my imagination for hours on end, not accomplishing probably anything that I would today. Cuz like if I boot up that game today and play it, I'm probably going to be a lot more adept at it than I would be back then, and I won't just like aimlessly run around the world 
being like, haha, like uh, imagination. I don't have an imagination. Everything must be right before me. I was going to say, uh, besides the Mario World thing, Donkey Kong Country also has something called the Lost World. Super Nintendo has things that require, or the games have some requirement, like a level of mastery of the game. That if you were dedicated enough playing the game to have the skill to find and go through the more difficult sections of the game you would be rewarded in a way where it would just be fun the levels would be like challenging or just really cool or interesting concepts or designs that weren't anywhere else in the game or the the game would they would actually thank you for like playing the game or finding it you know it's just you know it's just something that really is like a nice end cap to the experience you know it's not like you have to stop playing after that but it's like no that's that's the end of the game. It's like they kind of do that sometimes now in the Mario games where like if you 100% a Mario game or, or beat most of it, they'll unlock like a single, like the hardest level. Mario Galaxy has that as well. Odyssey does too. But I'm just saying like, that's cool. I appreciate that they still do things like that. It's not exactly uh, the same. You could have arcade quality games in your home you know, back that was the whole thing. Like, you could have, like, an arcade game in your house now. Like, that conversion. But without the difficulty that of an arcade game that required you to pump quarters into a machine to keep playing. Um, like, the whole game design uh, was reworked. And playing arcade games on consoles now even, if you have, like, infinite credits... It's kind of unsatisfying because part of the draw to the design of those arcade games was that you became good enough at them that you could beat them using like a few credits or you would play them for a little bit and, you know, get so far. But I realized like really the games aren't that balanced, you know, and for the obvious reason that they're designed to make money, which, you know, is fine. But Super Nintendo games were designed, I think, to give you a great experience and show off everything that was learned during the 8-bit NES era. They were kind of flexing a little, like, look at what we can do now. You know, and even arcades, you know, even the arcade experience that they, they learned throughout the 80s. But, you know, they honed that with the extra power of the Super Nintendo that they had to work with. And it's part of the reason why you could pick up most any of these games today, like even you're doing, and you still have a blast and not have it feel that dated. Um, there's no passwords like NES. They have save files. There's checkpoints in the games. So everything is that uh, an acceptable standard, I think, that even now if you're playing them it holds up you know and to really get back to the point of the like graphics like it really showed how talented they were in pixel art and utilizing the system's capabilities consoles today obviously blow any system from the past out of the water in terms of power and capabilities but there's definitely something to the philosophy that nintendo has of working within limitations and something that they continue to do uh, yeah they do it today still yeah, with varying levels of results, I'd say, but it, you know, it hasn't always worked in their favor. But back in the SNES days, they were on fire. I wanted to ask you about the SNES Classic specifically, um, because that's what you're playing or using. And I, I was going to ask you about the lineup. You know, what did you think of it, or what you've you've seen or played uh, about the stock lineup? Yeah, 
Um, I mean, for me, I'm I'm not one probably to get picky because for me, I'm looking at this as a point of view of Nintendo being like, here's our best lineup, play this for ultimate fun. So I, I you kind of just go in trusting, you know what I mean? That y'all, y'all have fun with it. And, uh, I mean, I, I think I conveyed that that's exactly what I've been doing actually just having tons of fun with all of uh i mean i even uh played some contra also which was a lot of fun um star fox interestingly enough i i wound up liking star fox 2 more yeah me too you know what it is i i think when it comes to star fox uh the original like the original uh super nintendo star fox um just play star fox 64 i guess it's yeah. the better version of that. It's the reason why. Yeah, just play that on like 3DS or something, and then that's the best way you could play that. You know what I mean? Like, like that's kind of how I felt going into it. It's like, oh, I played this already, but better. You know, but when it comes to Star Fox 2, that's like the original game. You know what I mean? Like, that's where I'm like, ooh, this one's better. Also, it came out in 1996, which is the very tip end lifespan of the Super Nintendo which is just now you have a game which already uh required some heavy thinking and some really cool um technical advancements to to even make that game and now it's coming so late in the system's life where they've kind of mastered I mean I would assume that they mastered how to do it and it's kind of like oh this is the best version like that that's kind of why I prefer 2 over 1 also other than the fact that you know I've kind of already played it already on on Nintendo 64 and on uh Nintendo 3DS. Yeah, you know, Star Fox specifically I uh, I have a hard time playing the original. Um I really like the music and like it's still cool. It's still cool to see like what they were capable of doing and like I'd obviously pioneered a little bit of 3D on that 2D console. Um, and the Super Nintendo was full of games that pushed the boundaries and even peered into the future a little bit uh, with messing with 3D or even like uh, mock 3D, you know, making you think objects were 3D or even messing with, uh, you know, like CGI rendering a little bit. Yeah, but it doesn't feel like in, in a world where we have like games that are definitely 3d yeah um playing a game where it's like uh you know if it's mario rpg or some moments in what was it i think it was linked to the past where they kind of have like a a 3d moment i most games i feel like try to pull off a little bit of it yeah yeah where it's like maybe an item looks like it's rotating or something right right absolutely and i Pretty much 10 out of 10 times, I just buy into it. Like, I believe it. Like, it doesn't look... I'm not like, that's just two frames. Like, I'm like, no. I'm like, ooh, that's cool that they did that. I didn't think they did that. You know, like, I didn't know they could do that. And I'm saying that, and it's it's 2019, and I'm talking about a game from, like, 1992. And I'm like, I didn't know they could do that. Yeah, you know, because a lot of games that come out nowadays that are, like, of quote-unquote lesser quality, or even, like, you know, 2D games that come out now... Um, they all have like a certain look to them, even if they try to like look like retro games. But I would say that most of them don't even come close to what the actual, like an actual Super Nintendo game looked like or played like. And there was real, there's real talent in those games. There's like actual artistry going, you know, on full display. And, um, for instance, it's like a science. 
Yeah, for instance, you mentioned Contra 3, and I want to say, like, the opening to that game, like, you're playing through and you get to the part where there's, like, some fire and whatnot. It feels, like, really intense. Like, it's awesome. Like, the 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 effect of the fire and, like, things exploding. It feels like you're knee-deep in, uh, like, an action movie, specifically, you know, of course, like, Terminator or something. But it's, like, even more so, there's something that it takes it even beyond the franchises that it's kind of, like, riffing on. You know, that's not the only game to do something impressive. I'm pretty sure every game in the SNES Classic lineup has some kind of impressive feat to it. Uh, I want to call out for Castlevania, Super Castlevania 4, because that game was, like, a launch title for the the system it, or it came out very early on at least and that game see it's packed full of things that like looking back on it i'm like really like that came out like early like that game well it's it seems as though like nintendo you know or whoever was releasing games on nintendo it must have been an easy console to make games for yeah and um i think their uh the nintendo seal of quality was a little bit harder to to gain I think you had to have your game actually be a little better. And, you know, that's not to say that nothing slipped through the cracks. But, like, like NES has a lot of what I'd, I'd call, like, straight-up garbage games. But, like, Super Nintendo has a lot more, like, solid titles, like, overall. Although, obviously, the SNES Classic only has a limited amount. But the full library of Super Nintendo has a lot more hits than I think it does, like, duds. Um, and that's impressive. Like, that's just like, that's good. <laughs> you want that ratio to be more good than bad because it just means you have more games to explore, more games to play at the time, you know, in the past or even now because you can go back and play anything you want, really. But with the, the SNES Classic, it's just every game has something to offer. Like, you could just pick up and play and get into them. And they all have like, they're solid, you know. So I was going to say it reminded me of something of recent times because, you know, you see the lineups really, really solid for Super Nintendo uh, Classic. And you see something like the PlayStation Classic and you scratch your head. You know, you look back at the SNES lineup, you look back at the, the PlayStation Classic and you're just like, no, <laughs> what were you guys thinking? You put like... And there could be a contest. Sony just apparently sucks at picking yeah, shit. Yeah, I, I really feel it was a low, you know, it's obvious. It's a low effort product to try to get in on what they saw Nintendo was uh, raking in. Uh, you gotta, you, you know, it does, to me, it doesn't take much to like try a little bit harder, nail that lineup, and then you got a solid product that, you know, people can get into because PlayStation doesn't exactly have games not worth playing. You know what I mean? Like there's a lineup there. I think you could pick 21 or 30 even like games that are solid, you know. But anyways, like SNES Classic, <laughs> you line up at the store at 6 a.m. to get it and pray they have it in stock. PlayStation, you go in and you see a stack of them piled up to the ceiling and you laugh <laughs> and you see the slash priced even. Yeah, you're like, I don't want this. Yeah, you see it like half priced and you're still like, nah, you're like not good enough. <laughs> you know so what is it worth it's not there's no nothing on there that's like oh that's that's the game you know yeah it speaks volumes to like the difference in quality of not, not to say that playstation you know i would obviously i like super nintendo more than playstation but it's like playstation does have i think they it deserves better so 
you know, for Super Nintendo, anyways, enough about PlayStation, but <laughs> controllers are uh, fantastic on Super Nintendo. You know, they're very comfortable. Oh, man, I love them. I'm like, how can I use this for every game? Isn't it nice to have, like, like a new one? Like, I, I know you, <laughs> you didn't have a reference point for a new Super Nintendo controller until now, but, like... A new Super Nintendo controller is pretty awesome. If this is what they felt like, then I like it. That's what it felt like. It has like that little texture. Then I like it. Oh, yeah. It has that little texture on the plastic even. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, that left and right sugar. They mm. clicking in so nice. <laughs> yep. The, <laughs> the D-pad, you know, so it's like uh, uh, the cord length even is almost perfect. It's a little, it's it's good enough. It's better than the NES one for sure. And, um, you know, you could always get extension cords for both uh, NES Classic and SNES Classic. But, you know, there's no, I think, there's no reason as a Nintendo fan or even a gamer, whatever, you you shouldn't uh, not own or at least try out this console and play these games. You know, they, I believe they aren't relics of the past. They're examples of what, like, pure gaming they're not relics of the past <laughs> they're links to the past yeah it's just like pure fun you know to it, it's pure fun for all time not just like oh yeah I, I i remember when i was you know i played that in college or when i was younger or whatever your story is it's like you 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 could if you haven't played these games what are you what are you doing if you think that the games that come out today are like the best that have ever been offered or like we're at the pinnacle. We're not at the pinnacle. <laughs> like and I'm not to not <laughs> to say that the pinnacle already happened, but it's like it's pretty high. <laughs> it's a pretty high peak that they touched upon for Super Nintendo. So I would say you owe it to yourself to try it out um before they get taken off the shelves because as uh Reggie stated, um <laughs> He said that this time, the Super Nintendo and NES Classic would not be in production, and whatever's on the shelf is on the shelf. So, you know, uh, if you glad I got one, yeah. If you happen to see it, you know, just think about it, you know. And let me tell you, I I I put it off for a while, even as a Nintendo fan. I just was like, you know, oh that's so cool, and then I just never bought it. And now I'm finally on it, and I'm like, bruh, like. I'm so stupid. I should have got on this earlier. And uh, give me the Nintendo 64 classic. I know you have it, Reggie. Hand it <laughs> you say the N64? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, give me that shit, Reggie. Yeah, for so for N64, um, it's already a pipe dream to have that come out to begin with. But uh, if it does come out, I have demands. My demands are uh, I want the different colors. Like, I, as much as it's going to be hard for anybody to get and collect all those different Nintendo 64 colors and controllers of different colors. Sam will do you it. Got, I'll do it. Do it for me, please. <laughs> um, you know, but anyways, like, and include gold. Um, <laughs> I'm interested as to whether or not they would keep the same controller or not. There's no way that if they did a classic system that they wouldn't keep the controller. You know, you could you could say history has has uh, shat on the Nintendo 64 controller, and even to this day, I every video I see on it talks crap on it. 
I would say. I mean, I'm I'm a real gamer. I would I know say how to use it. I never ever had an issue <laughs> playing with it. Um, it's it's a controller. I feel like if you're, you should be able to adapt to anything that's put in your hands, except for a Sega Genesis controller. <laughs> that thing is just like a oval, a plastic oval. Well, I just gotta ask: Are they making games? anymore you know like or systems or consoles no and for a reason because you couldn't <laughs> hold the controller i could say you know a lot of people like the dreamcast controller i would say it's pretty it's kind of similar to uh a gamecube or xbox but it's like if you took a few steps to the left and spun around a lot and got dizzy <laughs> and were like this is what i came up with like <laughs> i like the memory cards yeah the vmu things that have like the little Tamagotchi <laughs> screens on them. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're cute. And they come in different colors. So, anywho. Right. I think, you know, for the Super Nintendo uh, Classic, at least, I think that, you know, we could talk about... the. I certainly could talk about the, all those games in depth for a long, long time. But I think, you know, we touched upon a lot. Um or enough for now, and uh, especially since you you were really excited because you know you really wanted to talk about your experience with SNES Classic because you just can't stop playing it. Am I right? <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's the thing. I I I I am the SNES Classic <laughs> at this point. I have become the SNES. No, I, I my girlfriend was like, "You really? Be, oh no, my our friends came over." And they said to my girlfriend, they're like, has he been playing this all day? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he has. He's been playing this all day. And I'm like, yeah, I have. No shame. It's fire. Get one. <laughs> That's another thing to mention where, like, you're experiencing all these titles all at once. Whereas when you experience a system when it releases and over time, especially if you're, like, thinking back to the 90s where you didn't have 3D gaming already existing, really. Um, unless, you know, you got the Super Nintendo late in its lifespan, then you were probably playing Mario 64. I'm saying, like, you would have to experience these games as they launch to have them all kind of put in a tiny little mini Super Nintendo and put on in front of you on an HD TV nowadays with all the, you know, the CRT options in it and even just the borders that you could put around the games that are really cool and not have to worry about the games having any like real issues. You don't have to like quote unquote blow in a cartridge. No, nah, they just exist on. The yeah, system. they work. They're like flawless representation. Which I mean, it's cool. It's definitely cool. Like I'll probably buy the cartridges just to have them and like display them like for the ones I really like. Like I'd love a Super Mario World one or a Link to the Past one. Just to have it, because it's not like I don't own the game either. I could still turn it on whenever I want and play with a SNES controller. Yeah, no, yeah, I fully support <laughs> retro collecting or or getting those games. I personally have uh, the carts for most most Nintendo games uh, that I feel like are worth having, especially Mario and Zelda. You know, is there anything you wanted to add about like your experience? Uh, with the SNES Classic. One thing I do want to add is I'm going. We're definitely going to further update on on how it, how I feel about SNES Classic and definitely dive deeper because that's what we do here. We're Firelink Podcast. We talk about video games. So I, I definitely want to come back to this when I'm a hundred percent done. But I felt that I had so much to say 
that if I kept it in and like didn't didn't let it all out in like pieces that I might forget or explode and i was like nah i I was like yeah or explode more likely i was gonna explode that's probably yeah that was the one (laughs) so (laughs) i just want to sort of like document my my way through it and you know once i finish you know most of the games on there i think i'll be able to to conclude like hey like this is what i think of these hot picks of this era of gaming like this is what i take away from it and possibly go even further and maybe get you know a snes play more games i i think i don't know i've just had a lot of fun and and i've just had a lot to say and i definitely want to continue this with you sam is there anything else that you'd like to throw in before we conclude i would say you know i fully support your journey <laughs> for yeah, through you this for nintendo uh era of gaming i'd call it one of the golden ages of gaming um i've certainly you know, I could play those games. I was playing that game, you know, Mario World. I beat it yesterday, you know, like <laughs> just for kicks. Um, I could play these games anytime just alongside, you know, any major modern release. Specifically, um, I'm looking forward for uh, Resident Evil 2 Remake. But it's like I could play that and I could have a Super Nintendo next to me and they can coexist. And it's like I don't want to not play super nintendo classics or any other classic game it's just like they're not unworthy of picking up and playing any time um if you're in the mood you know like you know you're not always in the mood to play everything and you only have so much time in the day but it's like i often make time yeah throughout my life have made time to go through all my favorite series or if you're just you know having a bad day or something i would throw on you know any given let's say mega man x or something or donkey kong country or any game i like and just and just you know have a blast like they're they're easy to pick up and play those games and you don't usually you know get stuck you could always kind of progress somehow some way i would say that a game like let's say contra 3 um the alien wars is something you'd get stuck in and maybe hit a wall and like you'd have to be in a more like sit on the edge of your seat and get serious about this kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about here. I just mean, you know, the Mario worlds, Donkey Kong countries, a link to the past, uh, super Metroid Kirby, even star Fox earthbound, you know, like those, those are games you could pick up and play ghost and goblins is not, it's just, you know, like, Nope. <laughs> I honestly the every game on there I enjoy or could at least say it deserves the spot fully. Even um although I'm not a big fan of Final Fantasy, I could say Final Fantasy 3 or rather Final Fantasy 6 is what it really is deserves its spot um because although I don't really like that series, I can admit like that's a classic game it's clearly well, well yeah, made a lot of people do love it even though i never touched it. yeah it's clearly well made the music is great the the sprite work you know the, as an rpg it, it you know it's not my favorite one i i oddly enough <laughs> made by square um Phoenix as well but mario rpg on that system is probably my favorite and it actually got me into playing rpgs because uh, growing up, the only thing that I would really play is Pokemon. As like I call that, like 
an RPG light or an RPG like you know it's it's an introductory class for RPGs. Yeah, it's definitely not hard mode. Yeah. So like I didn't really I kind of I remember as a kid just saying I didn't like RPGs. And I and anything I saw at that point I think was just mostly like medieval, you know, medieval fantasy stuff. I had no problem boring as shit. Yeah, I was going to say I had no problem with Zelda being that that same thing because Zelda was action. Zelda, you actually have control of your character and you can swing your sword and use magic and all this other stuff, you know, and, and arrows and, you know, all sorts of things. And I, I felt like I had some agency in the world, whereas RPGs are mainly obviously turn-based combat for the most part. And it wasn't that exciting. And the setting really made it seem boring to me. It reminded me of like, my dad used to watch this movie Excalibur. It's a well-made good movie but it's really long. And as a kid, I found it like really boring, you know, just like, like it's something you probably watch in film class or something. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a well-made good classic movie or whatever, but like for, for the gaming world, a lot of people are into medieval stuff, obviously, but it was like, I, that did not captivate me. I was more into the, the fan, you know, like the colorful, like the, whatever Mario (laughs) has going on, whatever you would call that world, um full of you know like dinosaurs and 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 like comedy and like just the music and everything it was a bit more like my speed so mario rpg had me hooked from the get-go and i was like oh i was like i do like rpgs i just don't like the the uh the common themes and settings of uh of most rpgs so once i played that one and i could say um the other game on there, Secret of, of Mana, um, that's another special game because uh, the system itself has a wealth of really good RPGs, uh, including uh, Chrono Trigger, which isn't on the SNES Mini, but it's still like one of the best games. But, you know, Secret of Mana and um, Mario RPG Earthbound are on the system as well as Final Fantasy 3, but specifically those three are really good RPGs. And I... I played them all after Mario RPG and got into Earthbound and found that Earthbound was even zanier than Mario RPG. It it totally takes it seems like the creator of of Earthbound saw what everyone was doing with RPGs and probably played them himself and was like if I were to make one like I would I would do this. I find this would be more interesting. Let's turn it on its head a little. And that's kind of, you know, how I am anyways, like my personality. I think it, even as a kid, that really resonated with me. I thought it was really clever and I thought it was really funny. And I, I and it actually has like deeper things to say, you know, within those games. It's not all like goofy, you know, like there's, there's things that are worthwhile in it. I was going to say like RPGs went from something that I slept on to something that I'll I'll give a shot now. I won't immediately dislike it. Although I could say I still have that same kind of distaste for like a traditional RPG. I don't really care for Octopath Traveler on Nintendo Switch and I don't really care for like Xenoblade Chronicles or Xenoblade on um switch or even uh what was it that game is so unappealing to me we or we you yeah it's something that people love it though yeah it's really beloved and i see it 
And I've seen... But I think you have to like RPGs to like that game. Yeah, I think you have to like traditional RPGs to like that game. And... I I don't. um, I don't. Taking turns. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, you've played Pokemon as well, and... That shit's fucking awesome. Isn't it weird how it's it's fun you're still doing the turn base but somehow it's a lot more appealing engaging and you don't even think about the tedious nature of like turn-based combat you get into it and i'm sure that's how most people feel about traditional rpgs they're like it's the same i get that same feeling i'm like i don't know man there's just something missing (laughs) maybe i'm just stupid (laughs) it's possible just a little comment (laughs) about my history with just a little just a little long side story yeah you know, <laughs> the last thing I think we could talk about for the Super Nintendo for now is um uh, the <laughs> the Super Nintendo is something that, like I said, I I had around me. Um, a lot of my friends had it in family and whatnot. Personally, I had um I had Genesis because uh for what for whatever reason my dad had gotten it. Like it was his thing. <gasps> But I had picked up, like, all the games you would want to play, you know, like Sonic. <laughs> like, specifically, I picked up Sonic 2. I remember getting it at, like, a flea market and being really excited at the cover of it and stuff. And that's something that's interesting because I love Mario way more than Sonic. But as a kid, I also really liked Sonic. Like, I thought it was fun. Um, I don't think I even beat those games back then. I think I just, like, played through the first few levels and then like died and started over but i didn't mind you definitely don't care as much when you're a kid (laughs) i was gonna say you know it it brings up the rivalry between nintendo and sega uh i I think if we're gonna talk about super nintendo and even mention playstation a little we should at least mention that yeah so that's about the best part of sega um i think the the opening sega like you said (laughs) So, you know, Genesis was supposed to be the cool console, you know. It was supposed to be what the older people got. Um, interestingly, my dad was older, so he got it. But he he wasn't playing it for, like, like the same stuff we would. He was playing it for sports games. Um, for whatever reason, Genesis had a, a, a history of being the better console for sports games, I think, back then. Or that was, like, the perception I don't even know if that's actually true because I don't care about sports games. I don't care about sports. Yeah, th- yeah, S- except for, like Mario sports. But anyways, <laughs> the, it, Mario, there's Mario Strikers. There's a theme here. If Mario's in front of it, I'll like it. Interesting. So, <laughs> hmm. so you know, uh, I could say like Sonic was obviously trying to be cool mortal Kombat and genesis has the blood super nintendo doesn't you know it's like things like that now i think maybe there's a code to get it or something i don't know like uh super nintendo had street fighter 2 i mean that's also on the the classic mini you know i i would say that like genesis does have good games for sure like things that are you know worth playing i would just say like playing even the the Super Nintendo Classic versus like any Genesis Classic lineup, you know, because there's there's been some Genesis Classics out there, um, and I could say that even if they make a better like Genesis Mini in the future, like they're planning to, I would say the lineup's probably going to be really similar to what they've had in the past, and I would say that lineup versus the Super Nintendo one is like it's a no contest winner for Super Nintendo as having like the friggin' best 
games. Like, there's just so good. Like, and that's why things are the way they are today, being like Nintendo is still around and continues to thrive and and has like a super big impact. Um, not that Sega doesn't have an impact at all, um, but it's certainly not as big as Nintendo. Um, Nintendo's on like that Disney level, but like gaming, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, I agree. Um, interestingly, yeah, interestingly, Disney kind of pulled out of gaming. They they were making some good quality products back in the Super Nintendo days. A lot of licensed Disney properties were made. Well, they were made by like like Capcom and stuff, so that's probably why. But you know, nowadays there's not there's not much. They they took away like Disney and in, in, Infinity Infinity. I don't really pay attention to what they were putting out, but I know that it waned and it went away. I just remember Epic Mickey, um, and then that was it. Uh, I was going to say, like, Nintendo clearly was, it's like the beginning, the middle, you know, the, the ongoing. Um, they, they are the guys that they, they show everyone the way, in a way, you know, as, as backwards as they can be. You know, seeing something like the Super Nintendo, you could kind of see them take some of their philosophies from back then and introduce it to the Switch. Uh, namely, one of the biggest things I'm I'm pretty sure we've mentioned it, but I still got to give it props is the fact that when you turn on the switch, you could just like play the game like immediately. Uh, Super Nintendo, similar concept. Put the cart in the system, press the power button. You're good to go. Or in this case, you just hit the power switch on the SNES mini and you're good to go. Uh, you, you know, you just select the game. Boom. No update. No nothing like you're ready to go. And that's something that I appreciate, you know, as much as I feel like they're missing a few things nowadays with like, you know, the classic magic or whatever you want to call it. Um, they still got things going for them for sure. And they can certainly always uh, kind of right the ship if you want to call it that. I feel like back then, you know, was a, a boom, you know, of uh, creativity and talent that kind of like the original Star Wars were like. You get a bunch of people coming together to to pioneer this stuff and make it and show off what they know and what they've come up with and and create things that are new. And now we're we're settling in. And yeah, graphics and the things we can do with games are, are better and bigger than ever. They're getting more cinematic. They're on a movie quality level. I don't know, man. I still want to go back and play Super Nintendo. <laughs> so that's where I'm going to kind of wrap it up, finally. <laughs> uh yeah, short, short little side rant. Yeah. Well, anyway, we want to thank you guys for listening to our throwback discussion about the Super Nintendo Entertainment System. For more updates and our own personal thoughts, make sure to keep it on YouTube and SoundCloud. And we are now in the process of being on Spotify and possibly iTunes, so keep a lookout there. And if you hear this on Spotify or iTunes, we made it! <laughs> we did it! <laughs> yep, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>